Before I get to today's episode, I want to let you know about episode 300 of BitDepth, which will be live. On March 19th at 7pm, you can watch me squirm amid the barrage of impossible questions that I subject my guests to. Then, you can ask me even more questions right to my face. Challenge my contradictory beliefs, ask for my stance on controversial topics, find out who my favorite Powerpuff Girl is. More details in the description. Theme music. Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... John McMillan. Also known as... Uh, it's Tough Low, Tough Low Dollar. Uh, is he the father, um, America's favorite U.S. congressman? <laughs> um, so much a favorite that no one even elected you, but you're still here. <laughs> I know. That's the beauty of a capitalist country, you know. Nobody has to elect me. I just have to bribe people, you know. Got a lot of, I got a hard drive just filled with just like dirt. mail. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh who are you what do you do um i'm stand-up comedian uh record producer um i i make my own records sometimes you know um that's pretty much it you know I, I like to like joke around and tell people oh i'm a renaissance man you know it's a cute little thing to say but it's really it's really just comedy and music stuff like it's my bread and butter yeah yeah which i mean are like two sides of the same coin i guess it's you're still kind of acting into a microphone <laughs> yeah yeah it's the it's the entertainment biz as i yeah. say uh i guess which of these is your main priority or do, is it even like do you choose between the two or what um Honestly, I definitely have to say comedy is my main priority, but it's like music is just one of those things. And I don't know, I'm sure maybe you probably relate to this as well, where it's like, it's just, it's just music is like who I am. Yeah. It's like, I can't get away from it. Even if I tried, it's mm -hmm. like a reflex. So it kind of is like both at the same time, but it's like, you know, comedy is like less of a reflex. Like it's actually something I have to work on and work towards is uh so yeah i guess comedy number one right right <laughs> <laughs> um well then let's start with music and then get into the bigger thing of comedy so how did you first get started in music um i mean how, how deep do you want to go we could go back to like origin story yeah please like, like i used, like i grew up in like brooklyn new york like before i moved um here to Oklahoma and like, you know, just as a kid, I used to play like guitar and drums, you know, okay, okay. and it's like, it's kind of one of those things. Like when we moved to Oklahoma, I stopped doing it. Like I moved here I uh, in 2001, like, like about two years, but or not two years, uh, two months before 9-11 happened. Mm. Like, and when we moved here, you know, the transition, I kind of just like, you know, got out of music. Like I just. Mm -hmm. you know just stop playing instruments and stuff and that's honestly one of my biggest regrets because I always think about like if I would have just stuck to like you know playing like guitar and drums I probably would have got got more into drums than guitar but just having both of those skill sets I'm like you know I would have been a fucking badass right now I would have been a maestro dude would have yeah. been working on like my prints type shit because oh, yeah, it's yeah. like i play keys now like a little bit i've been like teaching myself mm -hmm. but i would have had the keys the drums the guitar like mm -hmm. probably would have picked up like some violin and shit went crazy on them <laughs> but yeah like so i just kind of stopped you know but then when i was like 16 i got like into like you know songwriting rapping mm -hmm. and stuff like that i didn't actually make my first like you know in studio record until i was 19 yeah. And it was like after high school, um, I never went to college. So it was like after high school, I just, you know, you, have you ever had like, like a moment? Well, maybe, I don't know. I'm just going to ask you, have you ever had a moment like after high school where you kind of have the, uh, Oh, what the fuck? Like, Oh yeah. 
You know, because you get used to just this routine and that routine is your life. Oh, I wake up, I go to school, after school, fucking I hang over friends, blah, blah, blah. And then after you graduate, you're like, oh, shit, like, I got to, like, be a person. I got to yeah, be, be an, an adult, adult now, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, you know, I've always been, like, a creative dude, you know? I, like, when I was in eighth grade, I had, like, my own little, like, comic book company, mm. like, and stuff, like, and so I just kind of was like, what the fuck? I'm just going to stick with what I'm good at. Like, so I'm going to try this like rapping thing. And mm -hmm. so I was doing that. I was rapping for like a long ass time. I was like, I had like two different rap groups, the purple mouth bandits, uh, militant minds and, you know, got into producing, like not even really because it was something I wanted to do, but it was because it was like, it became like necessary yeah. because it's like, I, wanted to work so consistently that I didn't want to be on producer's time waiting for you to send me beats and all this stuff to run around. And, you know, also, you know, I was broke. So it was like, yeah, I can't, I can't afford to like, but at the rate that I want to work and the rate that I'm pumping out, you know, lyrics and songs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. it's going to be a real big bill to try to like actually buy some beats for producers. So I started learning to make beats on my own and, mm -hmm. you know, just worked at that. And then, yeah, eventually just all of that just kept growing and growing. Um, I became like a solo artist for a while, you know, um, under the alias Teflo Dollar. And, you know, as far as like my music career, that's probably been the most like, you know, successful I've ever been in music. Like I'm like, oh, I got fucking 10,000 streams. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And which it's it's crazy, especially in like today's day and age, we're just like 10,000 is like a big ass number. Like we yeah. can't fathom like, whoa, 10,000 people. Yeah. Like. That's a, but you know, like ten thousand streams is different from ten thousand album sales, right? You know exactly. I mean? And but then, yeah, the difference is also like to Spotify. It's like here's a dollar, like you know. <laughs> I think it's like forty dollars because I think uh, every million streams is like four grand. So ten thousand streams is like what forty dollars because they'd like yeah a hundred thousand streams would be 400 it's just i don't know it's robbery yeah oh yeah <laughs> i was actually making a joke about because you've heard the uh you know the uh what's his face neil young mm -hmm. situation um i was i was making a joke about how it's like bro neil young would not have taken that stance if spotify actually paid artists because Imagine if they were actually paying artists properly and an artist of his stature, like the amount of like, mm. like money that he would be giving up just to take this political stance. Like he probably would have been like, eh, I don't like, like, or agree with Joe Rogan, but I'm going to just, I'm going to keep this to the wine and cheese parties, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, what? Uh, $4,000. I'm losing $4,000 just yeah. to, all right. Like, sure. Well, he's probably, I imagine Neil Young, he probably, probably, I would give him, he's probably getting like, I'd give him 40 million. So 40, 40 million times 4,000, that would be, you know, I'm, I can't do math right now. Um, that but it, it's, the, still, it's just a negligible amount. Yeah. To, especially to an for an artist like Neil Young. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. An artist of that caliber, like, come on, like, stop it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, man. So that's pretty much like my music um, story and journey. And even today, like I produce like every day, you know, um, one of the things I'm currently working on is uh, like placements and stuff like, uh, you know, just trying to like um, get some placements with some major artists. And speaking of getting paid, like, I mean, that's how you really... Yeah. Like, I just want to get that like back end, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just and like have like the uh the royalty independence of like oh i can you know make some back end producing because that's like one of my god-given talents that i can't ignore but you know do my comedy thing you know yeah. uh there is another question thread here which is uh, why oklahoma <laughs> and then uh i don't know if you have a story of like just leaving new york and then 9-11 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um 
Well, first of all, it's like my grandma wanted to retire here. And um, my grandma, my mom, I make fun of them. I call them butt buddies. But, you know, it's it's family. Like uh, my grandma had my mom like super young. So they're very close in age. And it's like my mom and my grandma are like best friends. So like my mom, she used to be like an accountant, you know, in Manhattan. And my grandma was like, oh, I'm moving to Oklahoma. I'm retiring and moving to Oklahoma. And, you know, at first my mom was like, oh, well, that's fine, blah, blah, blah. But then she started thinking about it. She didn't want to lose her butt buddy. So she was like, well, I guess we're moving to Oklahoma. It's like, dude, I'm a kid. I don't have a choice. What, right. what am I going to say? I'm like fucking like 11 years old. Like, I'm like, oh, oh I want to stay in fucking New York, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't, because as a child, I was also very like, uh, uh, like introverted and stuff. Like I went to like this all black, like fucking private school and uh, like, I mean, I only had one friend. It was this dude, Malcolm. And, you know, pretty much outside of just going to school, all I did was, like, draw and play Sega and play music. Like, that was it. So, you know, I didn't really care because it was just, like, as long as I have these outlets, like, it doesn't really matter where I'm at. Um, and also, on the 9-11 thing, I do remember where I was on 9-11. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing ever. I remember... uh I was getting ready for school. My parents used to drop me off because um, I lived uh, uh, out of school di district. Statue of limitations. I could fucking tell the truth. Because we, when we first moved to Oklahoma, like I, like we lived in Dell City, but that's I, Spanish for of the city. Really? Oh, <laughs> lol. I never th thought about that. Damn, I said lol out loud. Isn't that so gross? What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, let me spice that up. Lollacost. That's one of my favorite words. Um, we we lived in Dell City, but, like, I, uh, my mom, like, enrolled me in more schools. But, like, she, like, lied, like, to the school district. And, like, because my aunt lived in more. And she just said, oh, this is our house. Like, fucking. So... I remember they had, like, I couldn't ride the bus, so I had to get dropped off to school, right, to keep up the lie. <laughs> like, yeah. And um, I remember I'm just sitting there. I, I, you know, you get the routine, and normally, like, I know, like, we're supposed to be leaving by now. Why aren't we leaving? So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what are my parents doing? So, like, fucking, I go, and they're just, like, glued to the TV in horror, and, like, you just see fucking... You know, the towers, like, just blah, blah, blah. And I, like, you know, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, like, when that was a thing. And I understood, like, the severity of it. But also, I didn't really because it was just, like, you know, it was just, like, oh, that, like, it sounds fucked up, but it's, like, oh, that sucks. You know, like, right. that guy, when you're a kid, it's just, like, stuff happens like this, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean... I don't know. We didn't know that like stuff like that doesn't happen, but yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. You're new to the world. You're like, I guess this happens. Yeah. New, new, new to like really consciously thinking, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's pretty much my nine 11 story was, uh, being late for school because of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. I just think it's kind of crazy. It's like you leave. And then it happens. No, you know, it's funny. Every time I tell people that I moved to Oklahoma in 2001, their first thought is, wow, did you move because of 9-11? It's like, no, we actually moved like right before 9-11. <laughs> I know that would be a cooler story. Maybe I should keep, maybe that's the lie. Maybe you should say that like your grandma knew 9-11 was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> my family is Caribbean. So that's a believable lie. I'm like, my grandma's a Caribbean clairvoyant shaman. And she felt in the air that <laughs> we were going to uh, go to war <laughs> for lies. Uh, <laughs> Still you feed us lies. No, well, following these jokes, comedy. What, what drew you to, com to comedy? How did you get started? Why even do it? <laughs> um, comedy, I, like, I would describe it as like uh, heroin, right? You've done heroin before, multiple times. Um, it, like, okay. <laughs> so I like really, I've always been into comedy. Like, I've, like, like I'll, I've always loved sketches, like, and stuff, you know, I used to be a big, like, mad TV, mm. like, fan, like, die hard. And I always kind of, 
was like, man, that's like something I want to do. Like, you know, as like a teenager, but like never knew the point of entry. Like, you know, like music, you know, the point of entry kind of, even if you don't fully understand, you know, I make a song, you know, I put it out there. Like, especially in this day and age, because, because you say you're what, 26? Yeah. So I'm 31. Like we kind of grew up in that internet era where, we grew up in the era of music where we picked it up as we went along. Yeah. Where it was like, Oh no, we don't have to do all this bullshit that people had to do in like the nineties, like the record deal artist development. Well, artist development isn't bullshit. It's actually criminal that there's less artist development today, but you know, stuff like that. It was like internet shit, but you know, the point of entry with music with comedy, it's like, where do I even fucking start? Right. So it was just something that, you know, as I grew older, it just became like a bucket list thing that it's, you know, just an idea you entertain. It was like, oh, this is a cute thing. I, I'd like to do this someday, but don't know how. So um, what ended up happening was one night I uh, went up to the speakeasy. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's actually my favorite bar in the city. Shout out to them. Um I went up to the speakeasy. It was like on a Thursday night. Like there was nobody there except for like the owners, the staff, and then this other dude. Um, he was actually my friend, James Nem. He's a very funny comic, very seasoned comic. Shout out to James. Ran into him um, at this bar. We were like the only patrons at the moment. And, you know, I overheard him because he like pre-pandemic, he used to throw all these like dope, like mixed, like art slash music shows at the speakeasy yeah. like all these crazy interesting themes and concepts like one of them was uh it was called 808 and solid snake and it was <laughs> it was a total just kanye metal gear solid themed like art show and it, it was fucking dope dude like <laughs> so he's in at the time he's like planning this show out and i overhear him you know talking to uh one of the bartenders about um how you know he's looking for some musical like he just needs like one more musical act and he's having a tough time so like my ass at the time you know I was like well i i'm a musical actor yeah. <laughs> do you enjoy rap yeah. music <laughs> kanye west is my favorite artist uh i have an auto-tune pedal this will be a very appropriate show so he like books me for that. You know, I schmooze my way into that gig and then we get, just get to talking, you know, outside of like, you know, business or whatever. And he mentions that he does comedy and stuff. So I started like picking his brain, like, you know, cause this was where like, you know, where, like where and how and why. So he invited me to an open mic mm -hmm. and I go, okay. And going into it, my thing was, I just wanted to do, Cause again, I was mostly into sketch stuff. So if I was going to pursue comedy on a serious level, I kind of wanted to be more of like a YouTube, like internet type of comedian. But I did want to like dip my toes in stand up just for the story. Like yeah, yeah. that's how I like pictured it in my head. Like it was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be at a, a wine and cheese party. And, you know, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I did stand up comedy one time. And people are going to think I'm so cool and interesting and brave, <laughs> you know. It's like, I'm going to be someone who went to the women's march who had a penis. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I tried out the open or the open mic and I just got addicted, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't think I would get addicted. Like, I just got sucked yeah. into that world. And it was just all the elements. It was, you know, the sense of community. It was like, uh, like, uh. I like I like how hard comedy is, because one of the things that really pushed me was finding out that like legends bomb all the time. Like bombing is normal, mm -hmm. right? Most people, like when they see like a Dave Chappelle or a Chris Rock, like they're watching like their specials or they're like, oh, they're fucking geniuses. This is probably all off the dome and all this stuff. It's like, no, this is written and uh, practiced and worked on for years before they have that like couple nights where they film it and then put it out for Netflix. Like, you know, you could go see these guys at like the comedy cellar when they're trying new jokes and it's not hitting. You'll, you'll see these people that we hold in this amazing light bomb. And once I figured that out, you know, I was like, dog, like, I know this is something I could do because if failing is a part of the job, 
you know, like, why would I be afraid, you know, to fail? Because that's the thing. Like, it's so hard because you could simultaneously be good at it and bad at it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's also kind of what makes it fun because it's like, like the endorphins you get when it does work. Oh my God, dude. Heroin, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a similar thing to music, but honestly not in the same way because you can, you can be performing a song. And I mean, like we've met through, uh, public access um and so like you can be performing a song and it may be like really emotional and stuff but you don't know what's happening until like afterwards when like oh end of the song and people are clapping you know but like good joke immediate response bad joke immediate (laughs) not response um one question that kind of comes to mind is there a good way to bomb because you you sort of talked about how like you know, even the ones that are like good at it still yeah. bomb. How do you bomb? Well, Ooh, that's actually a really good question because I even, I mean, I've had this conversation with like fellow comics um, about like how, okay, somebody who's on the level of like a Chappelle or a rock, even their bombing looks different than like, you know, people on our, our level, mm-hmm. like their bombing, there is a professional way to bomb. And I know that sounds weird. Um, I would just describe it as uh, like, there's, there's two things. Well, there's probably multiple things, but the two things that really come to mind here is like one, you can just act like it never happened. Mm. Right. Because part of the thing is, you know, you could tell a joke and if it doesn't work, just move on Mm. like confidently and smoothly. It doesn't have to be a big thing. A lot of comics make the mistake or if they bomb, they like address it in the way of like, oh, well, uh, that didn't work. Uh, and then they start to lose their confidence. And then that's like adding more like flame to, right. the, to the bomb. Or like blaming the audience is like, oh, you guys don't like that joke. Ah, screw you guys. It's like, all right, you're just going to keep digging yourself even further in this hole, man. <laughs> yeah. You don't like my joke about how I don't think women should vote. What are you guys? <laughs> like, it's right. like, it's like, but uh, the, the second way is to quickly make a joke about the fact that you bombed, like something clever, like a quip. So, you know, if you can't do the quick quip, you know, then just brush over, act like it didn't happen. Just move on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think another part of the like misconception about comedy is sort of like how you talked about it is like, Oh, you know, people just go up on their specials and they're just doing this off the domes. Like, no, there's a lot of preparation that's involved in like delivery and the order that you say the words. And so like yeah. how meticulous do you specifically get? Cause you know, everyone has their own strategy and it's like, all right, I have this kind of in mind, I have this kind of in mind, or do you like script it out? I definitely don't like script it out. Um, I like, uh, I'm like getting better at like writing. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, writing has uh, always been one of my weak points in comedy because I like, I've been doing it four years, but like, I, I remember one time I had this conversation actually with, again, James. Mm-hmm. And um, I, cause I, I think I was like a year in, and I remember I started like a year and I actually started like people were reaching out to do these local showcases and stuff at, mm-hmm. you know, a year in is nothing. And I'm, I'm like, started to be like, oh, like, wow, like I'm like, this is happening for me so fast. Like a lot of people are, you know, pay attention to me so fast. But then like, I realized I'm like, I was just totally skating off personality like I like I really my act had no jokes but I was making people laugh just because I feel like I'm just a character Mm. so that was just like good enough but then I started realizing I don't have any actual jokes and that's something I was like no I have to actually write jokes but just use my personality to deliver them Mm -hmm. so uh you know I like selling the joke not a problem for me sure sure you know um, I always have this thing where I say I could sell snow to an Alaskan, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, but it's like the writing. So usually what I do is I just kind of just write like, you know, punch for punch joke and then just figure out a way to sell it on stage. Like, 
that's not like you know like 80s 90s well not even 90s like more like 80s style comedy where it's just like you know set up punch set up punch like make it more conversational Mm -hmm. make it more um like make it less predictable you know what i mean yeah so that's pretty much my style i mean i don't like and even like the way i like write out my stuff it's just it's just a bunch of words and as long as i just remember the meat of the joke Mm -hmm. everything else is just kind of improv and just sell it like just you know just feeling out the room and stuff like that yeah like even last night i did a show um at the the living room nightclub Mm. um and uh, they actually like made me headline the show like i didn't even know i was headlining (laughs) i got booked for it last night like the show was on sunday i got booked for it freaking friday night and then the dude who booked me was like gave me all these tickets or like gotta sell tickets. I was like, bro, you just gave me like 30 tickets and 24 hours. Like, <laughs> what what the fuck is like, oh, whatever, dude. I don't care. Like, oh, there's tickets here. That just tells me I'm gonna get paid. Why not? Like sure. ended up selling four tickets. Like, and I didn't even like all I did is uh it was my homegirl's birthday and we went out Saturday night and then Saw people at the bar. I was like, hey, I got a show tomorrow. You want to buy a ticket? Uh, like, you know, and uh, so I do this show. They like make me head- headline it. And uh, my first three minutes, I just fucking like, like while the show was happening, I was taking notes. Like I was taking notes like on the uh, other comics who were performing. I was taking notes on uh, they had like uh, some uh, rapper, like musical guests promoter dude taking notes on him he was like on stage for a while and then for like the first like three or four minutes of my set like i just used those notes like mm. just to fucking just riff and i basically was i just turned it into like a roast where i was just uh, i called the promoter dude uh dollar general rick ross because he looked ex- he looked and was dressed exactly like rick ross they love that i made fun of uh my friend brandon who was the host um, cause he's like managing like these two artists and he had them there and I'm like, I love how Brandon is only managing white talent. <laughs> he's like a 1950s basketball coach <laughs> and just little stuff like that. Right. Like where it's like, just take some notes down so that I have a plan, but I'm not, you know, it's not like scripted like that. It's, but there is like a plan to where it's like, okay. Right. Well, cause if you do script it out, then when stuff goes wrong then it's like all right now now where am i going yeah and it's actually a similar thing to interviewing actually is that like i have my list of questions i haven't really looked at my list of questions this entire time by the way ladies and gentlemen he's completely lying about that he keeps looking at the screen (laughs) and uh he has a lot of track marks on his arm and i just think that should be known all right yeah yeah heroin once or twice (laughs) just you know just try it, right? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where does it connect for you? Music, comedy. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's there's just the thread of putting a bunch of words together and presenting it. But like, yeah, how does it connect? What do you mean? Like, you mean like, uh, are you asking like, does it like overlap in any way or? Yeah, I guess the the skills involved. Like when you write a rap verse you're yeah doing a similar okay. thing yeah no honestly yeah it has opened up my eyes to make me realize that i think just like writing in general is my talent mm-hmm. you know what i mean or one of my talents mm-hmm. because yeah like when i like write a song nowadays it's so crazy like because i've been practicing my joke writing mm-hmm my song lyrics become more clever because there's that aspect of like a joke has to be clever, right? Song lyric doesn't have to be clever at all, you know? Um, But a joke has to be clever. So when I end up writing a song, I end up, the cleverness um, comes out, which makes for a better song, you know what I mean? Like in, I mean, at least like in hip hop and stuff, like, you know, the bars get more interesting and, you know, suck you in more, catch you with like the punchlines more. Yeah. Um, I uh, as far as like 
music translating to comedy. Uh, I wouldn't say like the actual art form does, but the business does too. Mm. Like, like doing like music, be like in the music business for like 10 years prior, like to doing comedy. Oh man, I circumvent like a lot of like bullshit that, you know, some comics might be lost all like, you know, I'd be like, oh, like that motherfucker's industry talking, you know, mm -hmm. just like shake his hand and, and walk away. Not going to fall for this bullshit. I've seen that before. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I could, I could like tell and smell bad business when I see it and just yeah. things of that nature, you know? Yeah. Actually, just to give people a heads up, what is, what are like one or two telltale signs of like this homie's out to scam me? Well, it's not necessarily like a scam, but like, you know what I mean by like uh, industry talk, right? Uh, like when you meet somebody at some event and like both of you guys know like you aren't really going to fuck with each other. But like, you know, that person's like for the sake of like small talk, like try. Oh, yeah, dude, we're going to hook up. We're going to do this and we're going to do that and blah, blah, blah. You know, some people they take that for face value, you know, like, and I know the difference when somebody's like just saying it just because it's like, Oh, there's a small talk, like fake net neck networking thing mm -hmm. versus, Oh, this is actually somebody who like wants to get some real work done. Yeah. Cause the people want to get real work done. They will like pretty much set uh, set up most of it right there to there. Mm -hmm. Like they'll get your email. They'll fucking email you right there off the mm -hmm. phone. Like they're ready to work. The other people, they just want to say, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we'll hit you, blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, follow me on Instagram. Like, they won't even, like, try to get your phone number. But, oh, just follow me on Instagram and DM me. It's like, nigga, you just try to get a follow. Like, shut up. Like, you know. <laughs> so that's the, I don't know. That's the telltale, I guess. Yeah, and those are the people that, like, as I scroll through my followers, I'm like, what the? Why? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> um, So I guess some broader kind of questions surrounding uh let's start with comedy uh who who are your role models as far as comedians go you've named dave and chris rock obviously but the goats dude um bill burr is actually uh he's up there for me too i love bill burr mm -hmm. i love him um i uh you know i feel like it would be like you know, heck, to be like Richard Pryor. Because in uh, all honesty, I watched uh, some of Richard Pryor's stand-up and I liked it. But I really loved, like, the documentary about, like, his life story. Mm -hmm. That was more, like, interesting to me. Um, I was, I, I really like Bill Hicks. Ooh, no, Sam Kennison. Mm -hmm. Sam Kennison, I love. Because I like, like, guys who, like, yell a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'm into, like, yelling comedy. Yeah. Like, yelling angry. Like, Bill Burr does that, like, a lot. Like, Sam Kennison is like one of the godfathers of that. Like, um, as far as like, there's like comics today that like really inspire me, like uh, Andrew Schultz, you know, I really like him because he's just, his crowd work just so spontaneous and so just like tastefully done. But Tim Dillon, bro, he is my fucking hero. Like that guy is just insane. He's just like this, this white fat, like, gay Irish dude from New York who is just so funny, dude. Just look him up, man. He's he's fantastic. Um, I like uh, obviously really dirty comedy. Like to me, that's the funniest stuff. There's, there's also like a weird, just like in everything, like, you know, even in music, there's always like a cultural war of like, sure. you know, you have like in music, you'll have like, oh, like, I, don't, I use analog equipment and real instruments. You fucking auto-tune losers. Oh, you make music on a computer? You're not a real music. Like, yeah. you know, um, in comedy, there, there's kind of that thing, too, with, like, you know, oh, like, you know, dirty comedy, like, needs to die because it's offensive. And, oh, punching down is bad and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I just always... Anytime somebody comes to me with one of those type of like weird, weird arguments, I just walk away because I'm like, I, I don't even have the energy to kind of even explain what I'm going to explain here mm -hmm. to those people in these moments. It's like, I just kind of look at it just like music where it's like, why can't we all just exist 
in this space. There's genres. There's genres of comedy. Like you could be a super clean, you know, and super positive comic. I'm not hating on what you do. You could be an alt comic. You could be uh, a comic who's like, you know, one of those like musical comic, kind of like Bo Burnham or something like that. Like I'm not. Like, you know, yeah. like, why can't we just all exist? Like, that that's one thing that has always annoyed me, like, about everything. Even in music, I've always hated that. Like, the the old school musicians versus, you know, yeah. the tech musicians. And, you know, I don't listen to that rap crap, you know. <laughs> but then they love country music where they're fucking putting just trap beats over fucking, yeah. like, country court. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's all the same. I don't know. Like what you like, dude. Just don't criticize the way I want to do the art. Mm -hmm. That's just... Sure. There is also a level of, like, reading the room, though, yeah. as well. And if, like, yeah, if you're if you're in a room that doesn't seem to be going for your dirty comedy, you know, have a have an exit strategy. And, like, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I was talking to a friend about this as well. It's, like, I have really sad, like, bummer songs. And it's, like... If I can tell that like the gig that I'm signing up for is not necessarily that kind of vibe, I'm not going to play all my bummer yeah. songs. I need to like play to the room. It's no, that's very true. I mean, even like, okay, so last night that gig, right, it was uh, a mostly black audience. Like it was a mostly black room. So um, one thing like I know about like my people, right, is like there's certain jokes that like, bro, if you're in a black room, just take that off the set list. Like black people don't want to hear any weird sex shit. Like they don't want to hear like, Oh, so fucking dude. I found my girlfriend's dildo. Like don't say dildo in front of, in front of a black audience. They don't, they don't want to hear anything. I hate to say it, but it's true. They don't want to hear anything like don't like gay. Like they don't want to don't, like, and not necessarily, like, uh, uh, dissenting on homosexuality or, like, the other way. They just, just, again, don't say the word gay. Don't make any, you know, like, thing like that. And, I mean, really, sh shit like that, if you stay away from that and you just have good, solid jokes, you're going to win a black room. But you got to read the room. Mm -hmm. And even in comedy, like, what they call a black room is literally the hardest room in comedy like that's like a thing that comedians like no like i want to do a black room because i want to see how uh sharp my sword really is because you know black people don't laugh at shit like <laughs> white people they'll they'll laugh at like anything yeah i said it crackers um <laughs> black people you gotta earn that laugh like and if like if you're like talking about you know dogs licking peanut butter off of your dick like <laughs> you're not you're not winning that battle mm -hmm. but yeah so you you do have to read the room absolutely um but like also i also i had this uh like uh you said that uh we met at public access do, did you ever know jamie jamie clark yes yes me and him one time had this like fucking fake fi philosophical debate about comedy about you know the whole different like different styles and I was just like, bro, I would argue that like darker, more offensive humor is harder to do because the problem isn't the topics. The problem is when you venture off into that, it has to be tighter. Mm -hmm. Like, it, whereas if you're going into more lighthearted topics, yeah, like you could not necessarily be lazy, but it's like, it doesn't have to be as tight, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm making a joke about going to the grocery store and, um, you know, tripping and knocking over like a whole section and stuff and being embarrassed, you know, I could be a lot more loose. But if I'm like making a joke about like the Holocaust, that shit better be tight. Mm -hmm. Like that can't just, just be up there. Like, you know, that shit. And I like, that's the part of, uh, about it. I like, and that's why I like like some of the names that I've named, mm -hmm. You know, like these are people who make jokes about real and hard subjects, but have made it funny, even so much so that so, like, you know, people will be like, oh, they're so like philosophical and stuff because people end up doing more than laughing from what they said, you know? And to me, that's like, that's the type of artist I want to be, Yeah, you know? So 
I'm not afraid again to fail. Like if I'm bombing, like telling some joke that I'm working on that may be rooted in something dark, like I don't like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to keep working on it until it's, you know, right. Rather than being afraid of it and never finessing it. Yeah. Like, and then like, you know, people don't want that though. They'll like, they'll assassinate your character for it. And it's like, dude, like this is an act like, I'm I'm a decent person, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Uh <laughs> but uh, you know, I just like that style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you're working on it, both in the sense of like finessing it so that it's palatable even though it's dark, but also working on it as in like learning what people are reacting to. And so it's like, yeah, you are you are actually like yeah. l- listening to people and like figuring out what they're what they will and won't laugh at. So, I mean, and and sometimes you have to know when to quit too. Like, (laughs) you know, like you can't be so married to your ideas. Like, uh, like if I'm trying to make a joke, like about fucking a school shooting funny and it's just not working, then just fucking stop doing it. You know, like, but if it works, like if it's, if I'm building it and, you know, as you say, finessing it, then yeah, I'll like keep it in the set list. Like, but it's like, I'm not going to fucking be telling this joke that's doing poorly for like two months and like try to keep the faith. Like I'm going to make you laugh at Sandy Hook mother. Like, no, like it's like, yeah, it's not working. It's fine. Yeah. Let's, let's all move on with our lives. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, switching gears and because we're already in like a philosophical type area, just getting into the deep questions that make bit depth, bit depth. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, honestly, dude, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I know a lot of people say this very heck. Oh, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. But, uh, I mean, that's really kind of the truth. I do believe in a higher power. Um, and I do actually, in a lot of ways, like see how, you know, the higher power is working like in my personal life, but I also haven't really figured out like a way of like, you know, like devotion or whatever, even know how, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm it's it's a journey that I'm still trying to figure out for myself. Um but I do I'm not, like I do think, you know, I do like there is a guy like I'm not like I don't just think like I do think we are like, you know, just like molecules and shit, but two things can be true. I don't I like that's one thing I've never understood is like the scientists versus the re- religious people. I'm like, "What what? Why can't you be a scientist and a spiritual yeah it all informs that's each so other. weird like <laughs> yeah yeah what it what did you grow up with uh christianity uh not really sure like the brand of it i don't know but uh i uh i grew up like in christianity and like for like a while like i just was just bleh, bleh, you know what i said <laughs> and uh I remember when I was like 18, I was like almost an atheist. That's about the time to do it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like almost. It's like, "Mm." but then I don't know. It's like, because what it was for me, it was like the church itself that turned me off, but not really the, you know, beliefs and the principles and stuff. And then again, another hacky thing. Uh, I took fucking psychedelic drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, experiencing, you know, the spirit realm from that perspective, um, very interesting and very, like, opened up my eyes to stuff. But yeah, I grew up, you know, just Christian, fucking yeah. American black family. Oklahoma. Selling their souls to Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's another thing about uh, black audiences. You can't make any dissenting jokes on Jesus. Mm. Uh, That is something whenever I encounter uh, a black person who seems to be willing to foray into this topic. Tell me about black Christianity and why the people have adopted the religion of the colonizer. I mean, I don't feel like I'm 
really qualified to answer that question um like in like a, a real way but i can tell you <laughs> what i think sure sure uh what choice did they have sure i mean that's really the way i look at it it's like uh you know when you're forcibly took it for your home country and you know you don't know any better, especially like generations of people just being raised without, you know, education and things like that. And um, also, you know, being tortured and like all the pain, you know, now you're like searching for some kind of hope. And now you're like just vulnerable to like anything that will just give you like a sense of like, this will be okay. You know, because I know there are, like, a lot of, like, African, like, ancient religions that, like, are more, you know, like, down to the earth. Like, almost, like, similar to, like, Native American Mm -hmm. um, practices and stuff like that. But, you know, like you said, I like how they use the word colonizer. It's, like, really what choice did they have? You know, it's not, like... And a lot of a lot of us, like American blacks, like uh, I say, us motherfucker. I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a first generation fucking dweeb who, you know, didn't grow up in the civil rights era. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like I'm like qualified. I I feel weird talking about this because this is some real shit. Like you know, and I don't want to like mi- like misword it like and sound like an idiot. But uh, but this is also. From your perspective, there's nothing you're saying here. You're not speaking for anyone else. Yeah. This is your perspective. Yeah. Thank, thank you for reassuring me of that. Sometimes <laughs> I forget that, uh, especially in front of a microphone. Um, what choice did they have? I mean, that's all I like. Real, that's like the main thing. Like you think about the history of the American black person. And it's like a lot of us didn't like know our African roots at all. It just knew our slave roots, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, that's why, uh, you know, like when, when black people start learning about their roots, they're learning about true African history. When they learn about this stuff, it's almost like the matrix. It's like they took the pill and then their fucking eyes open. And then, you know, that's how hoteps are born. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, because it's just like, once you like abandon the colonized thinking that was programmed, you just realize like, oh, like this is, there is something out there that's different that like, that is me of me and of like who I am. Yeah. Um, but originally you didn't have a choice. And again, another matrix reference, you kind of have to want it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's a lot, there's a lot of like, like black folks who are just like, they're just fine with whatever their life is or whatever they know um, of their history. And it's just like, it is what it is. Like, yeah, yeah, nigga, I'm a Baptist. Like my daddy was a preacher. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) And that's just it. And they're just fine with that. And honestly, that's fine too. But to answer your question, I just think that's the reason. I just think it was just the history and the lack of choice in the programming, Mm -hmm. you know? How do you determine what good behavior is? Like in general? Sure. <laughs> oh, wow. This, this one is a thinker. Oh, no. That's a, that's a really hard question because, you know, I feel like, you know, good and bad is kind of subjective. Like, I feel like as long as it's not hurting or, like, destroying somebody's life, maybe, I don't know. No, that's like... That's too over, I mean, that's too simple. That's like, I don't know. Um, but, but it's also not like a high bar, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like it's like, uh, I don't know. Good behavior. Um, I define um, good behavior as uh, using heroin on the regular, um, not paying child support. Uh, having a family on the side is big. That's phenomenal behavior actually you know what i when i was a kid i really wanted to be a uh mega church pastor mm-hmm. with a family on the side like that to me that's like the best behavior um what else uh i thought like the creation of anthrax was great behavior you know i thought that was great um 
I think also good behavior is beating up Asian Americans because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but like what I'm, I'm saying is like, it's, like, it's a, it's a low bar, right? Like you just have to not hurt other people is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a hard question. I don't know. I feel like that's a question I would really have to think yeah. on to like come to a real answer. That's like a thinker thinker. That, that was a bit deep. Yeah, there you go. That's the pun. You did it. Uh, <laughs> how do we reduce the division between people? Ooh. Actually, this is something, I don't know, because this is something I feel like I have thought about. This too is also a bit of a thinker, um, but I this is something I've thought about previously. Um, I think uh, to reduce the division, first of all, Reduce is a great word because I don't think there will ever be not bad. And I, and I think that's just a law like, you know, yin and yang, negative, positive, good and evil. Like everything has to work like that. But as far as division, man, I think it's mostly, um, education, right? Like not necessarily like forcefully integrating people, but kind of like, spoon feeding information like to just stop that shit because I've seen it like even in my own personal life like when uh when I used to live in New York I grew up around all like blacks and like Puerto Ricans and shit like all blacks and Hispanics and I would I like really had never I would never see white people until like I like if my mom couldn't get like my grandma to watch me or something like she would take me to her job. And like, my mom was like one of the only black women working in this mostly white fucking office. And that was the only time I would ever see white people. Like, it's like, like I said, I went to an all black private school, you know, my neighborhood was like mostly Spanish and, you know, like, like blacks and stuff. So like when I'm first moved to Oklahoma and I started going to school and fucking more, dude, I was culture shocked as shit. Like, and the set in the same way, you know, you've seen like, you know, white people who are like, they may be a little bit, I wouldn't even use the word racist because there's a difference between racism and ignorance, yeah. right? Like <laughs> racism is willful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like ignorance is just like, man, I don't know any better, but I, so I'm trying to protect my ass. So like you end up kind of looking like weird, you know, locking your car door when you, yeah. when you see like fucking, you know, somebody who's not white. Or you touch whatever. your hair. Yeah. <laughs> see ignorance, right? Yeah. Like that's not yeah. even that crazy of a concept, but you know, just don't know any better. I think, um, so it's like, I was scared of like white people, you know, like, especially moving here, like very like scared, like, because of course, motherfucker, I'm like reading like all this crazy shit, like, like in history, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, so I'm thinking, bro, I'm dead. And then we come to Oklahoma, fucking bumfuck Egypt. I'm like, oh my God, everybody's calling me the N word every single <laughs> But, and then look at me now. I got hella white homies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I've dated white women, like, and stuff like that. Like, and it, but it, it took like, like learning that it's like a person thing and not a group thing. Yeah. Right. And I've seen that happen with, you know, white folks where they're like, they have these preconceived notions of like you know, black folks or, you know, other groups, but then they actually get integrated like around them. And not, again, not like aggressively and like forcefully, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of like spoon fed to the point where, you know, their mind opens up on its own yeah. and, uh, you know, then it like changes their whole, you know, perspective. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's really the main thing for everybody. Cool. <laughs> where do you think, humanity is going towards in the future man hmm i don't i really don't know i honestly don't have my own opinion on this mm -hmm. um i everybody talks about like the ai stuff and you know how like uh fucking you know like nfts and crypto is like gonna take over it's gonna be the whole thing i mean i see it happening but I can't really tell you what, what I foresee in the future. Cause I never really thought about it, man. 
like like not in that not like that far ahead you know i'd be thinking about like my own bullshit in like five year increments so i don't know um let's have some fun with this i think uh a hundred years uh in the future i think it'll be like uh kind of like bojack horseman where it's just gonna be like a bunch of dolphin people and like all kinds of spliced animals walking around yeah. mixing in with humans like People are going to be on, like, dating apps, and it's like, oh, dude, I just matched with this very hot fucking terrier chick, dude. Hell yeah, dude. I'm going to put peanut butter on my dick. She's going to suck it real good. Um, I think, you know, flying cars are going to be a thing. Um, I think Elon Musk is going to live forever, and he's going to actually imprint, like, his face on the moon as, like, a Zordon figure where he's, like, talking to Earth from the moon. Um, I do think we will figure out the climate thing. Like I, I'm not like so gloom and doom of like, Oh, like the world's going to end. I mean, yeah, there is a lot of data against that, but you know, <laughs> optimism. Yeah. Folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's actually my follow up question to that, which is what are you optimistic about for our future or your future? If you don't even want to think that far ahead. Like a humanity thing, honestly, this is how I've always looked at us and just from just studying history it's just like history repeats itself like we feel like it's gloom and doom because we're in it mm -hmm. but like i just think the same type of shit is gonna cycle in different uh ways for like millions of years you know mm -hmm. until it doesn't yeah i mean really um yeah <laughs> yeah unless we're the last one <laughs> remember kids optimism do not listen to this heroin addict <laughs> once or twice man it's two or three times uh, <laughs> uh what makes you content like um i hate like because i feel like everything i'm about to say it just sounds like a fucking like one of those like picture frames that you get from walmart with like a hacky quote like yeah so that's, like, but like the reason those are best-selling items in white women's homes <laughs> is because they have a level of truth to them. Yeah. <laughs> really, honestly, what makes me content, like, and here's, here we go. Drum roll, hacky thing. <laughs> it's just being alive and being able to, you know, have a shot to, you know, accomplish what I want to accomplish. Yeah. You know, being uh, pretty much able-bodied, um, <laughs> You know, because honestly, one of the things that like really like makes me sad, man, is when I see like a like special needs person or like, a, um, you know, somebody like who's like paralyzed or something like that. Like it like I just be like, man, I can't be complaining about my life because, you know, even though I be going through shit like nigga, you're you're able bodied. I think a lot of people take being able bodied for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Nobody really thinks about it like that. It's just like, yeah. oh, like, you know. You don't have to be, like, worried about stairs. Yeah, you know. And so I'm just happy that, you know, that, like, I, like, you know, that's what makes me content. I get a shot, man. You know, I get a shot. Mm -hmm. When will you be satisfied? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Probably never. I, 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 you know, I, I do the self-lie. You know, uh, I'll be satisfied uh, when I have like three million cash in the bank and like enough assets to uh, I'm pretty much making like 60K a month, like chilling on my ass. Like that's a lie. I know it's a lie. Uh, I'll be satisfied uh, when I find the love of my life and I, uh, we have like a family and stuff lie because you know again i still need my second family right, on the yeah. side and that's the true satisfaction right but then the even three million that's in the bank, lie. you build up your mega church and then you got the family <laughs> on the side <laughs> once i get that second family aside i'm gonna want a third family on the side you know um i mean i hope i become satisfied but i really doubt it because again another hacky clue i don't think anybody ever is but i don't know some people are some people find that inner peace like in in you know their lives um and i think i will but who knows yeah who knows when it's all good <laughs> what advice do you have for people in general drink water do heroin mm. 
as much as possible, but don't ruin your life over it. Like you could be a recreational heroin addict. No, I'm just kidding. Let me <laughs> like Santiago over here. Yeah. <laughs> really no, does uh, a little bit of heroin. <laughs> advice I have for people, man, is just uh, keep good folks around you and just work hard, man. Keep good folks around you. Work hard. Be passionate. Mm. I'm a big passion guy, you know? Yeah. I'm just a big, just fucking gay, you know? <laughs> like, just passion. Just, I don't know. Be passionate. Keep good people around you. Uh, I'm going to pass this off because my mom told me this. Like, no matter what, like, what you do in life, it doesn't matter if you are somebody who euthanizes dogs like for a living euthanize those dogs to the best of your ability you know um just work hard be passionate drink water do heroin love each other stop being ignorant stop being afraid but also you got to know the difference of like okay that guy totally has a fucking nazi uh fucking or swastika on his face like yeah and we ain't trying to change his mind at all you know what i'm saying protect yourself be a little safe yeah but but also don't let in being safe that turn into ignorance mm, cool lastly potentially most importantly cake or pie pie all day well actually no 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 no. i said that too quick because actually <laughs> well what's what's your thought process here it's like are you thinking i'm not really a cake guy unless it's cheesecake and cheesecake is the only type of like that's i would go cheesecake over pie but so, any other type of pie or any other type of cake nah dude pie all day so this is where you're in luck uh i've i've been asking this question for a long time it's come to a general consensus that uh cheesecake is pie if you really if i've you, never heard this if you define like pie like what is a pie it's like that a creamy sense. filling and or like, you know, some sort of filling and then a pie crust, which is like crumbly or graham cracker or it could be chocolate or whatever. I but see like, it now. That's just straight up cheesecake. So cheesecake is just a misnomer. Cheesecake is pie. Okay. Well, then pie it is. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, I usually ask like, what is best pie? But like, yeah, what is best cheesecake then? Yeah, I'm a big cheesecake. I, I really don't like sweets that much in general, but sometimes I get in the mood and like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like cake. I've never been a cake guy. John, thank you so much for doing this with me. Where can people find you and your things? At jokes by J O N on pretty much everything. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, once again, thank you so much. I'm Santiago Ramones. John McMillan. And now here's Red Winter by Teflo Dollar. Josh out to play games like OT. Chill drinking ass moving like poultry. With Glennis here getting that money. Lil Shotty really thinks she got me. Put jokes on you, it's an IB. Your jokes on you, it's an IB. Radioactive, so you toxic. You threw me to the wolves when you saw me rock the wood. Oh, had to double down, I'm a wolf in some wolf clothes. If it's that way, then they did it on a good note. Looking to the sky like, good lord, good lord. Bellow in the leaves, and I see it in the snow too. Searching for substance, only find tofu. Gotta look within, cause I know it's just a meat prime temperature. It's colder and I need fire. Winter is coming. See the leaves falling from the trees. I'm searching for substance. You did me dirty up on the trees and can't tell you nothing She never listens to voice of reason Hope you're not suffering Cause winter is cold We in a place so cold, 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 cold I see the red in the snow, 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 snow We in a place so cold, 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 cold I see the red in the snow, 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 snow
too authentic How you stand on that fake shit, damn that's prosthetic You gon' do you, yeah I get it We all live real lives, fuck a Oculus My options is, Lee don't rock with the populace Most likely, they about to follow this I'm on daddy duty, nigga, I fathered this I got wings and they jumping with harnesses Told them it's a red winner No, I'm about to eat like I never had dinner Excited for this gift like I never had criminal But my shit stink and my instincts on killer I could never feel it unless it was in a villa She talking in a pillar and flipping houses on Zilla I need restore the feeling so I'm ignoring the filler I love it when you gas me, I never had to fill her Winter is coming. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting FitDeath. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. 